we've, I'm sure, all had the experience at some point of uh, either being on the responsible end or being on the guilty end of walking into a room and something is broken, right? And if you're the responsible, you ask the question, what happened? Or if you're the guilty party, fingers just get pointed every, you know, like it's just, you know, uh, who did this? Oh, I don't know, was it, I wasn't there. Was it, was it, was it, it's the person who isn't here. <laughs> Michael Vincent, it was him. I, he's, not, he's not, not here to defend himself, but yeah, it was probably him, it was him. Um, and so immediately when there's a question of, of responsibility and you know something has just gone wrong and not that heads have to roll but uh, there will be like the, the, there are consequences to things breaking or you know just at least someone saying sorry it was me uh, I was carrying too many and I dropped one whatever it was uh, no one likes to be caught out and no one likes the effect, even, even if the effect, as I say, isn't, isn't severe, it's not like you know, someone is going to be electrocuted or reprimanded or locked in the Tower of London or something for breaking a plate. It's just a case of saying, it was me, I did it, it was wrong, sorry. We don't like it. No, none of us like being kind of caught. None of us like having our mistakes made known. You know, when you do something wrong and it's just plain obvious, it was you. Uh, no one likes that not to have that kind of thing paraded. A quality which is rarely spoken about, uh, and even when I was Googling it today, it's, you know, the way, like, spell check, uh, the spell checker often suggests words as you're going along. Uh, I was typing the word integrity, and it's like the spell check had never seen it before. Now, maybe it's because I don't write it enough, or, or in general, like, I want to, uh, the etymology of integrity. And normally, like I say, it, it, it suggests etymology of in. In INT, and then the rest of the world will come up. It still wasn't there. So obviously, people aren't looking this thing up. But integrity, 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 integrity. Such a, a, a powerful, such a wonderful compliment to be able to say uh, about someone. This, this person, this man has integrity, integrity of heart, integrity of soul. And integrity means what? Well, integral, it means to be whole. So to be full, to be complete, to not lack anything. And so then, even in a situation where you've made some mistake, you can, if you're a man of integrity, you can say, sorry, that was, that was me. That was me. I'll, yeah, I'll fix it, or I'll pay for it, or I'll do what I can to, to undo it. Um, why? Because you're a, you're a person of integrity. St. Thomas More takes that to a whole new level. Uh, when you're dealing with... with, with kings like King Henry VIII, you're dealing with the most powerful people in the world at the time, at least in, in their estimation. Um, just like people who really could control every aspect of your life, and especially in King Henry VIII's uh, scenario now where he's starting to move from just being a good Catholic. I mean, he had the title of the defender of the faith, so he was known, at least for a time, as a good Catholic. And then marries Catherine of Aragon, can't, can't have children with her, and wants to have an heir, wants to have a male son, uh, a male child, uh, and, and that's not going to happen. Wants, a, wants an annulment from Catherine, and wants basically Rome, the Pope, to grant him that annulment. And annulment doesn't exist for, those, for, for that reason. You can't annul someone because you can't have children with them. That's the, the question, we won't get lost in the whole question of annulment, but annulment 
The question of annulment, the key question of annulment is, on the day these people got married, was it valid? Whatever happens afterwards isn't actually grounds for annulment, as on the day they got married, you know, were they of sound mind? Was there any deception beforehand? Were there any, were they related without realizing it? You know, uh, all weird things. But um, generally speaking, on the day they got married, was it valid? That's the question for annulment. You can't say afterwards he became a drug addict, afterwards he became an alcoholic, afterwards he had an affair. That's all terrible, but it's not grounds for annulment. Annulment is on the day of the marriage was the consent valid. If it is, then it's signed and sealed before God, and there's nothing we can do about it. Not that we're not condemning anyone to any difficult relationship, but it's not. I can't undo something that a couple has sworn before God. No, no, the church can't. Even the Pope can't. So, bottom line, it's juridically speaking, uh, from from Thomas More's uh, perspective as well. You can't do that. You can't get an annulment on those grounds. You can't. And so he wouldn't. He wouldn't agree to it. And even though he was very influential, very, very smart, um, and was a man of profound faith, had even spent a couple of years uh, with the, I think it was the Cistercians, uh, before engaging in his, in his political career, um, he, he could not and would not uh, sign the papers saying, petitioning Rome, uh, to grant the annulment to King Henry VIII. He wouldn't. Now, this requires a s such integrity because it would have been, maybe there are other things he could have done, I don't know, maybe with his wealth, he could have simply disappeared. Do you know? Uh, Henry, I hope you're having a good weekend. I have to nip away there to some friends in France. Um, be back on Monday. <laughs> right? And just disappear. Because Why? You know, you oppose the king, all right? What do you think is going to happen? Especially like knowing, knowing Henry, Henry, how impetuous he was. You oppose the king. What do you think is going to happen? At best, lifetime imprisoned. At best. At worst, this whole arranged court case where there were all sorts of accusations made against him of, of stealing money and embezzling money and there was absolutely zero evidence of it because he was so precise in his work uh, so because he had, an, he had integrity even though they tried to make up evidence there was it just none of it was sticking uh, then he was accused of uh, talking to some kind of mystical nun type person uh, and conspiring against the king um, but then he was able to produce a letter which he wrote to her telling this, this, this nun don't interfere in politics so whatever they tried to throw at him, like it was, it, because it wasn't the truth, it just wasn't sticking. And so then they, in this, this court case, then uh, King Henry VIII's second wife, Anne Boylan, um, they concocted uh, a jury composed of Anne's own father, brother, uncle, and some other people who were entirely impartial. And convicted him then of treason. Now, treason, that's, 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 that was a bad word back then. That's uh, conspiring against the king. That, does, that warrants the death penalty. So he was sentenced then to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Now, I'm not sure if you've seen Braveheart, but at the end you see part of what a hanging, a drawing, and a quartering looks like. Um, and even in, in the movie Braveheart, uh, they show you without showing you uh, at the beginning, they, they bring in these, these 
I don't know what, what you want to call them, kind of entertainers, they're kind of, they're, what's, what's the word for people of limited vertical stature? Yeah, I would say that. Is that politically correct? Dwarfs. Uh, so uh, William Wallace is up on the table and um, they come along with these, with these kind of knives. They pretend to cut them and then they pull out a load of rope, right? What that's telling you is that ordinarily was part of the court and they'd slit you open, they'd take out your intestines. You can, it, it wouldn't kill you. You won't bleed to death, but you just see all of your insides now on the outside. Um, so hanging, drawing and quartering, again, all of the English people at the time, they knew it. They knew what it was. This was no surprise. This was their Sunday entertainment, the shower. You know, this was, this, so this was awful. So you're sentenced to that for what? Just for not signing something that was going to happen anyway. He was going to do it anyway. He doesn't actually need your approval. Think about it like, you're, you're giving your life doesn't actually stop the bad thing happening anyway. So you might as well just sign it, right? <laughs> Do you know, it's, that, that's why it's, uh, the incredible integrity of the man to say, even though the presence of my signature or its absence will have no effect on the actual outcome, I cannot stand for something that I know in conscience is wrong. Just integrity. My goodness, phenomenal integrity. As an act of mercy... Uh, then uh, the king intervened and uh, said that he could just be decapitated instead of hung, drawn, and quartered. Uh, very nice of him. Um, friends like that, who, who needs enemies? Um, but uh, Thomas More then, he says, I die the king's faithful servant, but God's first. I die the king's faithful servant, but God's servant first. But God's first. As he was making his way up the gallows, the executioner helped him up, and he said, you know, thank you for your assistance. I'll, I'll make my own way down. <laughs> That's English humor for you. Uh, but, again, I, even, I know that that's only a joke, and yet... And yet, there's something kind of profound about being able to, to not get completely swallowed by, by, the, the, by hor how horrific and horrendous the situation was, and to be able to see something more going on here. I'm standing for truth, I'm standing for right, I'm standing for justice, I'm standing for God, and even though I may stand alone, I still believe that this will bear fruit. Will I see the fruit? No. And another interesting thing about reading... Uh, his life is the amount of tragedy that surrounded even his, his youth. So his mom died when he was young, and his father went on to marry three more times. So his father had four wives, all of whom died young. Uh, then Thomas had two brothers and three sisters, but three of his siblings died within a year of their birth. Uh, I'm even losing count of how many funerals that is. Like, you know, to... to to lose your mom, your stepmom, your stepmom, your stepmom, your next stepmom, another brother, a sister, a brother. Just, this, and, and this was, uh, these would have been a wealthy family, so these, any medical assistance that was going, they would have been able to get it. They weren't poor. And even in this family, there's such tragedy, such loss, such death. And what does this do to, to, to Thomas? Rather than making him bitter and cold, 
because this, this, this could happen too, you know, the, the, the more life beats you down, the more you decide this is just, it's better not invest in people, it's better not care. Because it seems every time I love someone, they die. So it's better just to be indifferent, live life for your career, climb the political ladder, increase your influence and property and all titles and all that kind of thing, and then die like everyone else. But rather than becoming cynical and hardened, he even writes a wonderful work called Utopia about this um, fictional island uh, where yeah, everything, everything works. And he manages to hold on to, to as I say, such integrity of heart and an understanding of the value of the person. This, this quotation is a small bit complicated, but it, is, it does show the, the, the brains of the man too. People wonder to hear that gold, which in itself is such a useless thing, should be everywhere and so much esteemed that even men for whom it was made and by whom it has its value, should be thought of, should be thought of less value than it is. You getting that? So, so gold that has its value basically because we appreciate it. If gold, if gold wasn't wanted by people, it would have no value. So gold is given its value by us, and yet human beings at the time, keep in mind, this, uh, end of the 15th into the 16th century, slavery was still very much a thing. Um, so that human beings can be considered less than the gold when we're the ones who give it value in the first place. So he had a, a, a profound understanding of the value of the human being, the human person too. And integrity, integrity of heart. When, I was talking to a, a teacher relatively recently and um, it was something that they noticed, which I thought was, was very profound. They said that they find that in young men today, young men find it hard to live integrity because they find it hard to commit to anything, to say, I will do it, and now they're responsible. Because they've heard this person say, I will do it, the person can now presume it will be done because they said they will do it. These days, you can't necessarily guarantee that at all. Someone says they'll do it, you have no idea if they actually will. Because integrity is lacking. Or if a person says, I will be faithful to you in marriage, have they integ- the, the integrity of heart to, f- to live that out, to follow that through? If they say, I will provide for you, protect you, take care of you, love you, honour you, defend you, do their actions speak louder than their words? Have they got that integrity of heart to actually live that out? Not, not when it's easy. It's easy on the day you're getting married. But every day afterwards... It's easy on the days when your health is good and when everything is going well and you're successful. But on the hard days, on the days when there is no reward, on the days like St. Thomas More's execution, where it looks like your integrity brings you nothing, do you do it anyway? Do you remain, do you live that integrity, that, that nobility of spirit? Half an hour before his execution, Thomas More, the dedicated scholar and churchman, opened his New Testament for the last time, and his eyes fell on the following words from St. John's Gospel. Eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ.
I have given you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Do you now, Father, give me glory at your side? Then closing the book, he observed, there is enough learning in that to last me the rest of my life. May St. Thomas More intercede for us and indeed for, for all, especially men today, if I may, to grant us an ever deeper sense of integrity of heart that we might live it, that we might be men of our word, that what we say we do, we'll do, whether it's popular, whether it's applauded, whether it's known, whether it's seen or not, all for the greater glory of God.